It's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 13 for Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Thanks for clicking the button on whatever it is you're listening on, your iPhone, your Android, your computer, whatever it is. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, This week, I'm going to be talking about the uh, trip to Canada's Wonderland, you know, some new motivations I'm working on, give you the answers to last week's riddles. Uh, kind of excited for that. Um, I guess we may as well just jump into that. So if you guys listened to last week, one of the emails or a couple of the emails in had riddles for me. I did not get either one of them right. I actually called the uh, the fellows since they were all on the same job site and asked them for the answers themselves. So uh, I may as well take a second for anyone who didn't, uh, who was wondering what it is and, and somehow resisted the urge to cheat. Um, I'm going to play those for you now. So there's just a quick little sound bite from my call with them. All right, so uh, I'm talking with Jimmy, Devin, and Johnny. All three of these guys are on the job site. They sent in emails on the last week's episode, so I'm calling them now to get the answers to those riddles. Uh, Thanks, guys, for the emails. I really appreciate that. Devin, you wrote in with the riddle, if you throw me out the window, I'll leave a grieving wife. Bring me back, but through the door, you'll see someone giving life. What am I? I I thought about it. I couldn't, uh, couldn't really get it. What is the answer to that riddle? So the answer is the letter N. Oh, uh, if you throw me out the window, <laughs> I'll leave a grieving wife. So if you take N out of window, it's widow. And if you put N into door, it's donor. And that's funny. Cause that's what I thought sort of along the lines with Johnny. So Johnny, you're there too. I'm going to ask you yeah. yours was forward. I am very heavy, but backwards. I am not. What am I? It's a ton, a ton forward. I am very heavy, but backwards. I am not. Fuck sakes. <laughs> well, it's funny enough because because that's what I theorized last week. But uh, I really appreciate you guys sending in the riddles. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for those. For sure. Cheers, man. We love your podcast. So thanks again, guys, for the, uh, you know, I probably thanked them in the sound clip, but uh, thanks again for, for sending that in. Always a pleasure to get any emails, regardless of, uh, you know, what they are. Thank you so much. Uh, so what, what happened with, uh, the old J dub last week, I went with my family to Canada's wonderland. We talked about that a long time coming up to this episode. I talked about, uh, I got to say right out of the gate. Well, fuck. How do I, how do I structure it? We spent th- two and a half days there. So it was a lot of fun. I was, uh, I, I started to do my, uh, what, what is it? How many rides is Josh too fat to get on video? But to be honest with you, the first day, um, we, we left early in the morning uh, very early, we got there at a reasonable time to our Airbnb, which was directly across the street from Canada's Wonderland. I've got a picture on my phone that I'll post of just basically I was standing on the balcony and you can just see the parking lot and all the rides. But uh, anywho, yeah, we we got there. And then I think when we finally went over, it was probably closer to noon. And uh, I think <laughs> this is something that I, I screwed up. I want to say I screwed up, but I didn't really realize it. Um, I've been going to Canada's Wonderland since I was a kid, and it usually only happened every few years, maybe every three, maybe four or five years that I would go to Canada's Wonderland. So I got to grow with the park, you know, like I, I think probably the first time I went was was late 80s or early 90s. Um, and uh, and every every few years when I go, there's new rides. You know what I mean? As 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 industry is known to do, it grows. So, I mean, I got to go from like the tiny little wooden roller coasters and, you know, the ghoster coaster and things like that 
which is in the kids uh, kids area to grow up to the ones where you know the the cars dangle and they loop de loop and they you know your feet dangle and you're standing up and all that fun stuff. Well, when we got there early, um, <laughs> the first thing we did was go into the park. We hung a left, and the very first ride was the uh, the old Top Gun ride called the Flight Deck, where you sit in it and your feet dangle. And I did take an Instagram video of that. I took an Instagram video of the the sign like I intended to, and I fit on that ride. And I was like, yeah, I fit, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I didn't realize is that the kids who were 13 to 10 had never been on roller coasters before. So they had no initial fear, but they went on this thing willy nilly and this thing had dangling feet and it corkscrewed them and it went upside down and it just went all over the place. Uh, and I scared the shit out of them. The first ride, which made them apprehensive. Their first roller coaster. I got to tell you, for people who hadn't done something before, they were just, yeah, sure, let's get on it and yeah, let's go have some fun with this. And then they were like, what the fuck? Like they just, that was, that was, so that was on me. I probably should have worked them up to it. It's like trying to climb a ladder and you jump to the fifth rung. You know, that was, uh, that was definitely on me. Um, and I, but it just hadn't occurred to me. I'm like, hey, these roller coasters are fun. Let's get on them. Um, so I'd scared them for a bit. So what ended up happening was a good portion of that first day. We did a lot of uh, other things besides roller coasters, and then we uh, we slowly started to to build back up to them. Uh, one of the things that we had to deal with, um, and actually I'll go back to that in a second. So I tend to do this too, is I'll talk in a million different things going on, trying to figure out what flow they should go in. But uh, anyways, that that sort of kiboshed the uh, the Instagram thing because we were sort of going through the park. There weren't any rides to get on, so I, I didn't start doing that. And then it rained uh, in the middle of the afternoon. So because we were staying across the street and there was like all sorts of restaurants across the street too, we just, we sort of went around, saw a little bit of the park, did a couple smaller things, played some games. Um, and, uh, and then we ended up going for dinner when it rained. So by the time we had gotten back in the evening, I had, I'll be honest, I'd totally forgotten about the, uh, the Instagram thing. Um, but I mean, I may as well, may as well get to that. I'll, I'll start, I'll address that initially. I fit on a reasonable amount of rides. We went on one called the fly that I should not have gone. I barely gone on it. I fit on like, I want to say uncomfortably. And then what happened is the girl's like, oh, I need this light to go off. So can I just push down a little more? I'm like, you can try. And then she pushed down and it clicked in such a way that had like my stomach bent in half. Like it was a piece of dough under a mouse trap bar. It was, it was so uncomfortable. And then like, okay, great. Some, they thumbs up and then they start the cart. And I was like this thing, the way it swung around from side to side, I basically had to hold myself like up out of my chair so that I didn't puke because it was pressing on me so hard that, and then if I, had, I was holding myself up in my arms. And of course, every time it whipped around a corner, it would throw my, like throw my weight off my arms. So I couldn't, couldn't hold myself up. I'd fall down and just with my stomach pain, I can't even describe it. I was in so much pain. I'm like, okay, uh, nothing snug anymore. You either fit on it or I don't, I'm not forcing it. That was the first day. Blah, I feel sick to my stomach just thinking of it right now. But, uh, but yeah, so the first day we, we did a couple of roller coasters and, um, you know, I think some things in the evening that we, we had tried, I'm trying to think we did the vortex, which is like you're sitting in a car, but it hangs from the bottom of the track. So, so some things went decent uh, the first night. We also, this was a funny thing. We went for dinner at St. Louis wings across the street. So it rained. We went back across the way, figured we'll grab something to eat. Maybe, maybe change our clothes real quick because of the rain. And uh, we went to the St. Louis wings place. It was a, a long wait um, for, for, you know, how busy it was inside. 
But uh, it was Tuesday, so I guess St. Louis Wings. There's a plug for them, but you're not going to want to go to this location. We don't have anything. Yeah, stay tuned. We don't have much good to say about this one. Um, it was half half price wings night, so you know you get two two pounds for the price of one or whatever it is. And uh, after like standing around for like 15, 20 minutes, they finally got us a table. We sat down, and uh, you know the menu was fine. Like it's not like the place wasn't even really dirty or anything. But there was quite a lot of servers running around. And uh, I guess once we had placed our order, um, we had food delivered, 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 delivered to us not too long afterwards, I guess. But it didn't look like any, I mean, we'd ordered wings. It didn't look like any of the wings that we had ordered. So I'm like, this is strange. They're like, yeah, a half, uh, half, you know, one and one pound over here, uh, two pounds over here. You're like, we're like, yeah. Like, okay. And then we like, the, like, uh, Mickey picked up one of her wings and took a big bite of it. She's like, oh my God, it's so spicy. And, and then dropped it back into her basket. Um, Crystal was testing, testing her wings going, I don't think this is what I ordered. These, neither of these are look like, you know, garlic parm or honey garlic. And I'm looking at mine going like, I didn't, I ordered some, you know, boneless. I don't know what these bad boys are. And we were all like touching them, picking them up. Right. Like, like, oh, is this our, like looking at them? I don't think this. And then, uh, and then the server comes running over. Crystal noticed that one of the servers was like looking at her, talking with the other server. And they were like, looked like they were trying to confer on something. Crystal's like, sort of gives them the nod. Like, yeah, this is definitely not our food. So she comes running over and grabs the baskets. And as she's picking them up, you know, Mickey goes, oh, I took a bite out of this one. You know, and again, we'd all been touching, touching the wings to test the flavors to see who got whose or whatnot. And audibly, I told them we, we were touching these and, and to see like just a little dab your finger on it and taste the, the sauce. And, uh, and Mickey had taken a bite of, she even shows the girl, I took a bite out of this one, you know, is that okay? And they go, oh, just keep it. And the woman grabbed all of the baskets off of our, t- our table and no bullshit walked four feet away. Like, like one table behind us, our backs, the table right behind us and hands of our food. These people could have seen us touching these baskets, could have seen her walk over, grab all these baskets of our table and walk them over to her or to them. So that was uh we were like what the fuck so at that point i started watching them like a hawk ah that's what happens when the condensation from my sweet sweet beverage sticks to the coaster drops all over the table oh yeah yeah we uh i watched them like a hawk after that because i'm like she took a bite out of her food we were touching everything happy to serve it to another customer so not only did they get one less wing they got our our grubby all day in wonderland hands all over them and then just happily serve. So I'm like, I'm watching them to make sure that when our food comes, it comes directly from the window and over to us right away. But they were all sort of running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And so even half price wings night for four of us cost us like 70 something bucks. So I can only imagine if that was regular. I couldn't imagine paying $150 for that meal. It really wasn't anything spectacular. But hey, if you're a fan of St. Louis wings, guys, let me tell you. Watch out for the one directly across the street from Canada's Wonderland because they, and it was like, I should say too, like, I don't want to just shit on them, but it happened over and over and over. Like we saw several tables getting the wrong orders, several of them switching, which is why I was just like, I'm just watching because I want to make sure the same thing doesn't have enough, you know, like I, I kind of wanted to go over to the table and be like, Hey, just a heads up. Like we were pawing those, but they, like, as soon as they dropped them on their, their table, they started going at them like crazy. I mean, I was like, Oh, well, I want to tell them after the fact, right? Ignorance is bliss. So Anyways, we went back to Canada's Wonderland afterwards, had a great evening, running some rides, all that stuff. Like the the first day was great. The second day 
was uh was super fun you know again same thing wake up get dressed walk across the street to canada's wonderland um we got the kiddos on more rides so the two biggest rides in the park uh behemoth and leviathan um we got we got mickey on behemoth that day we got brody on leviathan um, and then, and then the other day they both switched over. So there was some, there was some tears and stuff like that, but, but I mean, generally speaking, uh, they got past, it sounds like I was like, ah, oh, you know, I did break them. Good. I, we did a lot of encouraging and by we, I mean, pretty much me, I was like, come on guys, you can do this. Like they were scared, but I, I took it upon myself. Like I felt like they would have got on more stuff had we built them up to things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I just, I wasn't thinking, I was like, all right, here's the first roller coaster. Let's get on it. And, and it's, and it scared them. It was one of the more intense ones. And it just, it scared them, made them afraid to just get on anything after that. Um, Brody went on, uh, on this one called the orbiter. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a merry-go-round that goes sideways and up into the air. You can, you can Google it if you really want to know, but the idea is it spins around. So you're kind of like, it's using G force to hold you in place. There's no seat belt, but there's like, you're in this cart with bars on the side. And it just spins you around in a circle, but like perpendicular to the ground. So like straight up and down and then slowly lowers and everything like that. And the G force was crazy. He had fun on that. He was scared of roller coasters, had fun on that because he gets motion sickness. And uh, by the time we landed, like he was like, oh, we can go again. This was later on in the, the, the end of the first night. And so it was like, oh, they, they just said, you guys can go on again. You know, the park's getting close to, to closing and there's no, uh, no lineup. So you guys can go again. So we went three times. And when it finally let us off the third time, he just took, like, they opened the, the he just felt sort of sick. I was like, you okay? Put my hand on his back because he let you sit two in a car. Put my hand on his back. You, you doing okay, man? And he just puts his finger up like one second. I was like, oh, they, they open the door. He walks out and barfs all over the ground. And so this is prior to going on any of the, the really big roller coasters or whatever. This is the first day, right? He's trying to get on some stuff that spins around because he was freaked out. And, uh, and just chucks all over the ground. People at the park were outstanding. They're like, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. We'll get you, we'll get you a towel and some water. And, uh, he just bar, he chucked a lot, a lot on the ground. And then the first moment he could speak after he was done, he just looks up and goes, no regrets, no regrets. I was like that, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's so cool. I'm like, that's gangster, man. Just, you just puked your guts out after that run. You're like, yeah, no regrets. So he was having so much fun. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that second day, Wednesday, we, uh, we, we went on more rides. We had more fun. It, it, same thing. It rained on us again in the middle of the day. So we had to stop. Like apparently their rule is like, if they see lightning, they have to stop immediately because of course it's giant. Everything's giant lightning rods. You can't have people getting zap fried on, on roller coasters and stuff like that. But anywho, that was, it was so much fun. You know, we got pictures of the kids in front of the, in front of the behemoth and Goli or Leviathan signs because they just, they, they did so great conquering their fears. They both went on both rides, which are the two biggest in Canada. So, you know, nothing to be afraid of. They, they did, they did great. We got to, to play some games, go on a bunch of different kinds of rides. Um, and we even, we even snuck in Thursday Well, not snuck in, but we even, you know, we left our Airbnb Thursday morning and and took a little bit of time to uh to, to go on a few more rides before we had to hit the road so we parked our car in the visitors <laughs> at our airbnb and uh and did that and i gotta say guys our airbnb if you're looking for uh you know to go to canada's wonderland there is an airbnb across the street uh king tell is the name of the uh the owner and he was outstanding super great place 
So if you're looking for a spot, I mean, I'd hate to fucking plug it and it gets busy and then I can't get it when I need it again. But, uh, but just, you know, Hey, it was great. And I'd love to give them a, a free little plug. Anyways, Airbnb itself as a service is outstanding, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, our, our, uh, our host King tell at the Jane street place across the street from Canada's wonderland was great. Uh, we had a great time. Can't wait to do it again. Um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Drive back to Ottawa seemed longer than the one there, but I guess it was just that anticipation was on. We were a little exhausted from three days of just pure walking around all day, every day going on rides. I had a blast. Like I said, I fit on a lot of stuff. I didn't fit on everything. Um, and this, this is, I may as well just say this part of it was I, uh, I sit differently than some people. I've got a really long torso. Uh, tall people do too, of course, but I have a long torso and I'm Scottish. So I have what someone has called a barrel chest. I'd never heard it before. I used to always just say my, my chest slopes outwards instead of down. So part of the, some of the rides were the, um, the restraints, I guess the harnesses or whatever you want to call them. The restraints come down over the top, like a fuck. Why can't I think of the word for it? It's not a vest for fuck's sakes. It's like a, like a barricade, whatever the hell it is. The, the bars come down over your chest. Um, well, mine was not hitting my stomach. It was actually hitting like my ribs and my shoulders and wouldn't come down far enough to close on a couple of them. And that concerned me. Cause I'm like, fuck, I wish it was my stomach in the way, because at least that way, you know, you can lose the stomach, you know, you're not, uh, you're still going to get on the ride, you know, eventually, but so these ones that were coming down over my head and then bashing into my, my ribs and wouldn't come down any further because of that, that concerned me. I'm like, look, I can't, you know, put a fucking sunroof or whatever it is convertible rib cage anyways so that was like i i'm hoping that someday you know losing the weight or whatever will help but that i that would kind of disappoint me a little because i'm like oh maybe i'm just not shaped for for some of these ones but who knows who knows maybe maybe get rid of some of the back fat or whatever <laughs> i've been but um anyways yeah no I, I had a great time um i'm also trying to work on like uh you know we i ate a lot better when i was there you know what i mean like there's we had funnel cake on on wednesday night but i had like half of one and i didn't finish it you know so, uh, it, like things where I would normally be like, yeah, like I said, the first day right after we went on that first ride and scared the shit out of the kids, uh, everyone had beaver tails except me. I had a couple of bites, but I didn't, I didn't order one. And, and funny enough, like a lot of people would be like, well, that's, that's the time where you're allowed to do that stuff is if you're, you know, on vacation or whatever. And I'm just, eh. you know, a friend of mine said one time is if you're going to abuse your body, have the body to abuse. Um, and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And right now I, I don't have the body to abuse. So I'm, I'm doing better. Um, ever since I've been been back i've been eating a lot better too and just really watching um portions and things like that and, and going for walks so i remember actually i got brody on on that that last ride that one that he puked on the first night because i i said to him i go um i said if, if you get on this with me i'll go for a walk i'll go for a 30 minute walk every day for the next week and 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 he agreed so i gotta say like this like you know the guys are like oh what the fuck but the girls are like that is so sweet and he got on though that was like i thought that was really that meant a lot to me because I'm like, holy fuck, he's scared. And a kid, kids shouldn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> about you. Not enough to conquer a really big fear, right? But he was like, he cared enough about me that he was willing to like overcome his fear because he wanted that for me. So that that meant a lot to me. Um, so I just, uh, so I've been doing it. I, I have kept up my word. I have gone for walks every day afterwards. I haven't gone for one yet today, but it's Tuesday, right? There's still time. I'm going out with uh, my lady tonight. I got a little something special planned that I hope she enjoys. Uh, but I'll tell you guys more about that next week because I don't want to give away the surprise just yet. And and I didn't do it. I'd rather talk about what the experience was like than what, you know, we're going to do that. And if I, something happens and we don't end up doing it, 
then uh then i didn't disappoint um so yeah anyways the, the canada's wonderland was great yeah, it was fun too because i got to play uh, some video games with brody when i got back so i we dropped everyone off at home they started to get ready for uh for their week uh or at least the rest of it and uh, and i played some uh, some video games with brody some gears of war 4 it's a nice little shooter game don't want to lose any of you guys i won't go on it too long but uh we had a great time we were playing the campaign of gears of war 4 um Brody, uh, Brody and I were playing, it used to be Jimmy who sent in the, uh, the hypotheticals. Jimmy and I had played through every single gears of war game prior to that. I don't think we played through judgment again, all this, people don't play video games. It doesn't make any sense, but ideas. It's a great game. It's a shooter. Your, your chainsaws and these big Jack dudes. It's like, uh, it's like Jersey shore with, with fucking guns, but it's just a bunch of jacked fucking Roy guys fight another big jacked rowing guys with with machine guns and shotguns and it's just a big uh big action boner fest for guys i guess but uh it was fun in fact i don't actually it just occurred to me now in, in my laugh and stuff i don't know if you guys can hear my voice is a little hoarse i actually blew out my voice <laughs> i blew out my voice at canada's wonderland screaming on roller coasters like a kid. I was, I was definitely excited. The, uh, the big rides behemoth and Leviathan, forgive me. Mm, mm, mm. Ah, wet that whistle. Um, the big rides, Leviathan and, uh, behemoth. I had to, uh, when we went on, I crystal and, uh, and, uh, whichever respective child came on. Cause I don't think we didn't get all four of us on any one of them at one time, but whatever one was with us, I would, they would keep their eyes closed. Crystal and the kid would keep their eyes closed as we go up the gigantic lift hill and the whole way up, I'd be like, okay, we're almost there guys. We're halfway there. And they would just, cause that's freaky part two. And normally I would close my eyes on the way up. But since I, you know, getting them on, I had to like, okay, I'll coach you guys the way up. I, I had to keep them open and I would fib a little bit. Like I'd tell them early before we were halfway up just to give them like, okay, it's okay. It's half over. We're getting there, you know? And then I would fib when we we're hitting them. Okay. The front of the cart's already at the top. It's, it's already it's starting to go over. Just to keep them there saying that that helped. It helped get rid of the fear because that is the scary part. And to be totally honest with you, if anyone's familiar with roller coasters and stuff like that, like the climb is the the scary part. And I've actually used that as a metaphor to describe stand-up comedy before. It's like, it's kind of only freaky and nerve-wracking when you're waiting to go on stage. So it's like you're, you're pacing back and forth. You know, anxious, the anxiety is building as it gets closer and closer. You know what I mean? Like not, not necessarily every single time or whatever, but just the idea is that the, the before, right before you're going on, like you're already, you know, they've already started to, you know, the show has started, you know, or they're playing in my case as a host, sometimes they're playing the music already. So the idea is like, it's too late to go to the bathroom. It's too late to back out. Like this is happening now. So it's the same idea as being on a roller coaster. You're strapped in and now you're going up the lift and you're like, oh fuck. Like it's. I'm in it now, right? And just this fucking, just get me, get me on there. Get me on stage. Get me on there. That's the whole idea. It's just like a roller coaster. You go over that first hill and you start to go down. Now the fun starts and it's the same as getting on stage. You step on on stage. Now just joke at that first laugh. All right. You know, now it's just all downhill from here. So that's really, if anyone, you know, has, has got stage fright or whatever, really it's like being on a roller coaster. It's just the, it's all that time right before it is, is that climb. But as soon as you die, as soon as you're, you're on that stage, it's all, it's all downhill from that part. So, um, yeah, I, I really, guys, I really had a great time on that trip. This is the second trip I've gone on this summer. Um, great time. And, you know, Crystal's got a little bit of a thing with heights, but she overcame it. She did great. She also has a little bit of nausea at times. So, um, she, she did good. She didn't get sick a couple of times. She's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to need a little bit of time before the next one because she was feeling a little sick, but, 
but I get it. Anyways, we had a, we had a great time. Uh, like I said, came home, played some Vigi games had a good time with that. You know, just a, a good way to end off the trip was coming home Thursday night and sort of going, Oh, well now what do I do with myself? Oh, well we can play some games with the kiddo. Uh, Friday I did uh, a show for Rito view golf club, which was the mega members appreciation show. I had a good time. It was a good show. Uh, it was myself and Matt Carter. We did uh, just the two of us. It was it was a lot of fun. It, again, it rained. Like the theme of the friggin' the that week was just midday rain. But uh, we did the show. It was for a lot of their members, so more senior, I would say. But uh, but we played to that. You know, had some fun. Uh, just joked around everything that we had in our act that could have been you know a, a reference to a certain date and time. We would adjust. If I talked about email, I would say the email and then go or sorry telegraph if that makes more sense. I think I, I have a joke where I mention erection and I go, you guys remember those, right? Old fellas. Um, but it was fun. Matt, Matt, same thing. Matt talked about a, a time in their lives. He goes, I think Diefenbaker was prime minister. So it was just, it was a fun time. Uh, we had a great time. They had uh, a bunch of people like just lined up afterwards to, to talk to us. We were trying to get back into the room. We brought some sound and light equipment. So we brought a load out to the car and on our way back in, we had a, a little parade of blue hairs telling us how great a time that they had and then some of them were like oh we'll see you guys next year hey if, if we make it that long like it was it was great they had a great sense of humor great uh great demeanor i had a great time uh great 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 uh you know a wonderful time just performing for them they were they were outstanding um and good sports one person came up to us and was like you know guys you don't have to use the f word you know in is so much it's really you know uh we know that or she didn't say we she said i know that you guys are used to performing for different you know groups of people you know this is not normally a group you're used to so when you come out here you know you don't have to use the f word that's where the the joke part comes in that's where wit and humor really make a difference because you know if you have that you don't have to you know su- supply those words and 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 you know stick with them you can just use the the humor and the wit and <laughs> I stood there very nicely just saying like, oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. She's like, yeah, just a, just a learning experience for you. And she was nobody, by the way, not, not to, to take her down and pick. I just mean, it wasn't like she was the organizer or the head of the club or anything like that. Like, you know, like I said, everyone was so happy with it, but it's just funny to have heard that we did. Uh, it's funny. I did um, I did the grocery shopping with my mom again on Sundays, as I always do the good son that I am. And that was long this time, two different fucking pet smarts to make use. I tell you, man, you get coupons, get some ladies with coupons sometimes. Jesus. How come you can't remember your fucking password? You know, I got to tell you what your password is. I got to help you log into your online banking, but yet somehow you know how to fucking scam six coupons together. We went to a pet smart where it's like you spend a hundred, you save 40. And then we went to another pet smart so she could use her coupon again, right? It was on her phone or whatever. Went to HomeSense, right? The place where everything's broken, but you get it cheaper because it's broken. <laughs> Saw some fun stuff there. I don't know. I, I kind of like HomeSense. They got a lot of cool shit, but a lot of times you find something that you like to get two of, right? For symmetry, decoration or whatever. And uh, and they only have one and that's upsetting. I don't know. It's been, it was a long day. It was an early morning and we had a, a long day, uh, long, long day of shopping costco all that fun stuff but uh anyways yeah i did that did the shopping with my mom on sunday it was good to be home and then uh last night monday we uh we did a show at absolute comedy for the metcalf golf club 
So this time we didn't go to them. They came to us. Uh, same thing. Uh, this time it wasn't for their members. It was for their staff. So it was a staff party for them. Um, great, uh, great turnout. They had a great time. We did the show. It was myself, Aaron Power, and Matt Carter again. Matt and I actually uh, used a couple of the jokes that we had done at the other golf course on Friday again. Just same thing, connecting or whatever with some of the more senior staff. Fucking golf marshals there. They're goddamn <laughs> with their old guy jokes. And it's funny too, because if, if you golf the marshals for anyone who doesn't know, I've been on a lot of golf courses because of comedy. I'm not really much of a golfer, but, uh, the marshals are the guys who, like drive around the cart all day to make sure no one's like peeing on the fairway or driving their, <laughs> driving their carts on the grass. That's been nicely manicured. So and I just said that the marshals these big fat old white guys, I go, the only difference between them and Walmart customers is that they've got the, <laughs> the, the roofs on the, uh, the golf carts and the baskets on the back instead of the front of the cart. But other than that, they just drive around and go, hey, hey, stop it. Give me that. <laughs> they just just sit around all day driving around talking to people. I don't know, but they were they were a fun group last night. Uh, really, uh, really glad they came out. And I'm glad that they had a great time. We had a good time with everybody. Uh, yeah. And that was uh, that was last week, guys. Um, I just wanted to mention, too, that I am not in Montreal this week. I uh, spoke to them while I was in Canada's Wonderland. And it turns out with just some of the other things that I had going on and, uh, they had changed ownership or not ownership. I apologize. They had changed bookers and, uh, and just speaking to the new booker about some of the stuff this time, last time, um, just things are a little different. So I will be back in Montreal. I'm sure sometime soon, but, uh, in the, uh, unlikely event that someone in Montreal is listening and actually wanted to come see me headline at the comedy works, unfortunately that's not going to be the case this week. Um, but if you feel like driving, uh, three hours away, uh, I will be um, performing this Saturday at, uh, is it Saturday? Yeah, at McGowan Lake. It's uh, there's, a, there's a campground going on there. They got a big camping festival or something going on. And uh, we're going to be performing there, myself and some other comedians. So I just got the details of that today, actually. So I uh, just found that out. I'm excited. So McGowan Lake on Saturday is where I'll be. Um, and yeah, so that was just a quick little thing. Yeah, sorry, no Montreal this week. And I do apologize. Um it's not like there's a big outcry for me to be in Montreal, but, uh, either way. Um, so now that I'm back and after the whole Canada's Wonderland thing, um, I really, I really was just like, okay, like I, I hated not being able to get on rides. I hated, uh, sort of feeling tired after walking around. I mean, everyone gets tired after you're walking all day, but I'm a big dude. I didn't, I didn't complain once while we were out, but I was beat at the end of the day. I'm, and I'm glad I got to rest. I'm glad I didn't have to walk very far to, uh, to go home afterwards. It was nice to be able to just walk at the front door down the parking lot and across the street. Um, but one of the things that, that I'm going to be working on now guys is, uh, is finding a doctor. I've talked about the hernia thing and, and everything going on. Um, I really do want to hit the gym, but I'm, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned that I'm going to be like trying to do some leg squ squeezes, <laughs> not squats. I know what those are, but just everything from like trying to thrust my legs into sort of sort of build up my groin area and the muscles around my legs and the, you know, core and stuff. I'm really concerned that, you know, I'm going to be doing that and I'm going to be feeling some burn I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got to just push through, man. Just coaching myself through. And it's like, no, you're not feeling the burn. You're doing damage. Like that's your, your body needs to stop, you know, cause I'm hurting the hernia or whatever. So my first priority is finding a doctor and getting all that shit fixed. I'm going to get the, find a way to get the hernia surgery that doesn't involve the mesh or whatever. Um, I've already been really focused on eating better. Um, Crystal calls me every day on our way home from work. 
And, uh, and normally I will just sit and chat with her. Uh, like we talk every day, but I, I figured uh, now what I'm going to do is when she calls, I'm going to just put down whatever I'm doing and go for a walk on the, the 30 minutes or so that we, we connect at the end of the day. So just another thing I started doing and I, uh, I really enjoy that. So, you know, little, little updates here and there, but, but food, food amounts are doing better. The exercise is going up and I'm going to take this finding a doctor thing, uh, more seriously, start making some phone calls and find someone who's going to help me get to the bottom of this pain in my in my tummy, gut, fucking testicles, wherever they are, they're groin, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really, we're at the 30 minute mark. I mean, in terms of last week, it really was mostly the Wonderland trip and, and to just sort of remember all of it right now, a week later is a little tough, but, um, I had fun. I'll have more pictures to sort of share in the future and whatnot, but, uh, but have a peek at them guys, you know, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Those things are there. Um, I also read some of my, uh, oh yeah, that's what I did on Saturday. I'm sorry. What did I do last Saturday? I took my mom, uh, my mom's dog to the vet and I actually, <laughs> she was like, I'm going to be catching up with him. They're close. We've had that vet for years and years and years, but, uh, he's starting to retire. So it's, it's harder and harder to get an appointment with him. Like he's only there like one or two days a week. So we have to make the appointments when he's there. And on Saturday I took her dog there, but she's like, I'm going to visit with him for a little bit. So bring something to occupy yourself. So for the first time in a long time, I read from my uh, George Carlin last words book. So still, still plowing through it guys, but I'm enjoying it. You know, he's talking about, um, I didn't write it down. So I'm just going from memory, but he was talking about how there was like, there's actually like a legal case about the seven words, uh, you can't say on TV or the, or what have you that, uh, basically like changed federal FCC, federal communications commission, uh, law to make it so that, you know, if children are listening, you know, then you, certain words can't be said. Like it was kind of cool to just hear that. Like he even says in the book that they kill, he can look back at, at like legal teachings and law schools and stuff like that, where they teach these particular cases and know that he's like a part of American history, uh, with his seven words, you can't see on TV, which is kind of cool. They're teaching about it, not in a comedic sense, but in a illegal, you know, here's, uh, the names of the cases and stuff like that, that, that changed, uh, laws. So very cool. Again, like it's called last words by, uh, George Carlin and Tony Hendra, the guy who, uh, who wrote it for him posthumous, which I think means after he's dead. And by that, I mean, I think posthumous is the word, not what uh, posthumous means. Anyways, posthumous. After you're dead, you do something. What's his face? Heath Ledger won uh, won the Oscar or whatever for the Joker posthumous. Posthumous. It doesn't sound like after you're dead. Posthumous. You know? Sounds kind of funny, actually. Anyways. Ha, ha, ha. Plowing forward here, guys. We, um... Oh, yeah, I've been watching. <laughs> Crystal and I watched some more Better Call Saul, which is great. We finished the first season, and we're, we're quite a few episodes into season two. Looking forward to moving my way up to season three. Great show. I, I dig all the, the cast of that. And I have been working on my taxes for 2016. I'm getting caught up. I was several years behind. Getting caught up on my taxes. And I've been uh, playing Jersey Shore on the TV. I never watched it originally when it came out. But uh, let me tell you, what a show full of... Uh, all of those words are offensive to the people with the, I want, I don't want to even call them special. Cause they're not, they're not on the spec. Well, they might be on the spectrum. They might be listen. Jersey shore is a bunch of kids who basically just get drunk and either fight with each other or try to fuck each other. Every show. I think I may have even said this the last episode, but I'm, I'm so funny. I'm, I'm plowing through so fast. And there's like these, like at the end of the season, there's like that Jersey shore reunion episode. 
And it's just them sitting in chairs, yelling at each other and yelling over each other. Like you can't, they're not even making an argument because they just, they never shut up. They're just always yelling over each other. And I can't believe I was telling Crystal the other day, I'm like, oh, I'm watching Jersey Shore and there's, they're just animals. And she goes, they're moms now. And I was like, what the fuck? That's gross. Anyways, I'm just, I'm having fun plowing through that while I'm, while I'm working on tax stuff. It's making my tax stuff go very slowly, but I just, I just can't believe these people made that much money and all it is like, Oh, watch this season. It's like when you look behind it and you're kind of like, okay, so what are they doing? It's like, well, they really just, they just get up, they go to the gym, they drink a lot and then they, and then they go out and dance and drink more and then come home and fight. Like, I'm like. How do you even pitch it to them? Say, hey, do you guys want to be on a show? Well, what do we do? Well, you're just going to live together in a house for like eight weeks. Really? Yeah. Well, you guys can go out and do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. And what, just people are going to be interested in that. Oh, yeah. People would love to see, you know, like I just went over the producer. Like, how do you tell someone like, look, you are a fucking walking train wreck. We're going to, you know, it's you don't even you just live your life and it's going to be hilarious for other people to watch. So. Anyways, that's what's been going on with that. But because I've been watching, you know, I don't really watch TV a lot. I've mentioned before, but since I've been watching more TV, um, I figured uh, that a perfect opportunity for us to move into the sponsor section. And what uh, what better what better article to choose from my partners at PortablePress.com and Uncle John's Bathroom Readers from the Bathroom Reader Institute. I decided uh, that this week I'm going to read an article from Uncle John's Bathroom Reader tunes into TV. Yeah, and the article itself is called TV Firsts, okay? So that means the first time on television, so I'm going to just jump right into it again, PortablePress.com, the makers of all of the bathroom readers, and this one's called TV First. So everything started somewhere, although not on Channel One. First TV show, the first small-scale experimental broadcast to the few research institution companies and uh, individuals in the U.S. who owned a TV set occurred on April 30th, 1939. What was shown? The opening ceremony of the New York World's Fair. First commercial TV stations on July 1st, 1941, the FCC approved two TV stations to broadcast TV signals, New York based television affiliates of radio network, CBS, which was WCBW and NBC WNBT first TV commercial, an ad for Belova watches aired on WNBT's first full day of programming on July 1st, 1941. It ran during a baseball game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Philadelphia Phillies. Cost of the ad time, $4. First Saturday morning kids TV. At 7 a.m. on August 19th, 1950, ABC premiered a one-hour block of TV made for children. The, uh, sorry, the hour consisted of Animal Clinic, which featured live animals and interesting facts about them, and Acrobat Ranch, a circus-themed variety show hosted by two acrobats. First primetime cartoon. Uh, collections of cartoons originally made from movie theaters, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, aired on TV throughout the 1940s and 50s, but the first made-for-TV cartoon to air at night was The Flintstones, premiering in 1960 on ABC. First interracial kiss on American TV. Sammy Davis Jr. and Nancy Sinatra kissed on the cheek on Sinatra's 1967 variety show Movin' with Nancy. The first interracial kiss between fictional characters was Captain Kirk kissing Uhura on Star Trek in 1968. Uh, First major dramatic TV role for a black actor. 
African-Americans have appeared on TV since the late 40s, but always in minor roles. The first black actor to headline a show was Bill Cosby on I Spy, 1965 to 1968. So this is a two-pager. So at the bottom of the first page, it says, Studies show TV is the third most talked about subject after cost of living and uh, family. All right, then we're back to first on page two. First TV show broadcast on the internet. The Drew Carey Show broadcast an episode online and on ABC simultaneously in 1996. First gay character. A 1972-73 ABC sitcom called The Corner Bar featured a character named Peter Panama, played by Vincent Chiavelli. Uh, Chiavelli. Fuck. S-C-H-I-A-V-E-L-L-I. Chiavelli. I'm going to go with Chiavelli. Fucking Vinny Chiavelli played Peter Panama. Um, <laughs> is that, is that a reference? Hold on. I got to stop. I gotta, I'm going to finish reading the thing, but I, I got to go with that. So anyways, Peter Panama played by Vincent Schiavelli. It was the first time a show had a regular character who was explicitly identified as a homosexual. They call him Peter Panama. Is that almost like a light in the loafer sort of fairy floating around guy? It almost seems like fucking, you know, stereotypical. What's his name? Peter Pan. We can't call him that. Peter Panama. All right, let's do it. Um, first full color broadcast on January 1st, 1954, NBC made the first nationwide all color telecast with its coverage of the tournament of roses parade from Pasadena, California First spinoff. The CBS Western series Trackdown begat the bounty hunter drama wanted dead or alive in 1958 first belly button on display. Hoo hoo. We're getting racy. <laughs> first belly button display sensors in the sixties were still nervous about showing something as provocative as a female navel. So they compromised with the producers of the 1965, 66 beach sitcom Gidget bikini clad extras could show their belly buttons, but lead actress Sally field could not first condom commercial in 1975 KNTV, a San Jose station ran an ad for Trojan condoms, despite a nationwide government ban on advertising contraceptives on TV. It aired only once first fall slate of programs to produce no hits. So I guess a, a fall lineup that had zero hits NBC's fall 1983 schedule included nine new programs, Manimal, Jennifer slept here, Boone, Bay city blues. We got it made Mr. Smith for love and honor the rousters and the yellow rose for the first time ever. All were canceled before going the spring. Sorry. All were canceled before the spring. Uh, first morning show NBC's today debuted on January 14th, 1952. It was hosted by D uh, newsman, David Garraway. And finally first toilet on TV because it's the bathroom reader, right? Why wouldn't you have that first toilet on TV? The very first episode of leave it to beaver in 1957 was shelled for a few weeks by network sensors because it showed a toilet Wally and the beave tried to keep a baby alligator in the toilet tank. And there you have it, guys. And on the bottom of the page, it says in 1987, Ronald Reagan turned down a million dollar offer to guest star on Dynasty. So that's her, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, TV firsts from Uncle John's bathroom reader tunes into television or TV. I should say from uh, my partners at the portable .com. So as always guys, I just want to mention really quickly that if you do kind of like fun trivia and just whatever, I mean, there's a ton of TV stuff in this, but I thought it'd just be sort of fun for some of those fun little facts. Um, just check out what they've got portablepress.com. You can see all of the different ones. There's like, I mean, whatever you're into, there's undoubtedly a book there. They even have stuff for kids too. I will mention they got, they got like placemats 
Um, not to say that that's all they have for kids. I mean, they have books that are like trivia for kids. So if you're looking to get your kids to read and fun, simple stuff that they can read one or two pages of and, and be engaged, uh, they have that stuff too. So, um, you know, Hey, for like the fifth time, portablepress.com, take a look at what they got. And, uh, as always my other partner at absolute comedy guys, I will play their ad now. And I've got some exciting news. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Yeah, and uh, and that exciting news is that the Prove Your Comic competition is concluded. Um, great, great week. Sorry, I rocked the mic stand here a little bit. Uh, it was a great week of shows. Um, you know, previous years the Prove Your Comic, uh, the the winner was almost like obvious. Come a few shows in because they just kept winning first place every single night. Um, this one, everyone sort of took a turn being number one. Um, which was great because it just showed that they were all so close. Um, but, uh, but there can only be one number one. And that was for the week. It was, uh, Mr. Steve love. So congratulations to Steve love, um, who did a, a great job all week and, uh, and is now going to be uh, doing some shows at absolute comedy at all three clubs and, uh, and around. And just an honorable mention to, uh, to my buddy and roommate Kamar who, uh, who came in a very close second. Um, and of course to Heather Hurst, Matthew Champ and Ashley Kuchenko for all doing an amazing job all week. Uh, none of you have anything to be ashamed of or to be, um, I don't want to say disappointed because yeah, I mean, everyone can be disappointed about, but not winning, but, um, you have nothing to be, uh, be ashamed or embarrassed about. You guys did all fantastic. So great job to all of you. Um, and finally, what am I slurping away on this week? Well, hell it's uh, it's a uh, summer's bay guys. Mm-mm. I'm drinking the blackberry one because I dropped a can and dented it. Ha <laughs> ha. No, I don't know. It's just, it's a, I dropped one. I was going to drink another one today, but I dropped it. I'm like, well, now I got to drink it. So that's the one I'm having today. Blackberry. It is my favorite. Um, I don't know, but it's my, my, I don't know if my tastes are changing. You know, I like the blackberry. I dig in the red rhubarb, you know, the regular summer's bee is great. It's the ones I have the fewest amount of. It mixes well with the uh, Cronenberg blah. See me running the gambit of all the colors. Anyways. I'm going to play the ad for Summer's Beat, guys. Thank you for being patient with me while I talk about this delicious, tasty beverage. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summer's Bee. Summer's Bee is a delicious, sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you. If you drink Summersby, <laughs> with flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby mixer pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, 
refreshing taste of Summersby. <sighs> Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. That's a nice little soft touch there. I like that commercial. <laughs> I've had a lot of people reach out and go, man, the Summer Beast commercial is hilarious. So yeah, Summer's Bee, guys. Drink it, love it, and repurchase it. I don't know. Fuck, they did. <laughs> I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Um, what is with me today? A little all over the map. Um, oh, I wanted to mention that uh, I think I, I put it on social media, or maybe I mentioned on a previous podcast, but um, Summer's Bee rep gave me a Cronenberg uh, poker set. Sorry, the chips here, a nice Cronenberg case. Uh, I'm going to give that away. That's going to that's gonna belong to one of you, my uh, my faithful listeners. So I'm still working on um, on trying to figure out, a, a, you know, something to do to, to give it away. I'd like to get the social media involved a little bit. So um, I don't know. Send me a message uh, on Facebook or something. Let me know uh, if you're interested. I'll, I will. By next week, I'm going to have uh, something to decide how to give it away. But I mean, I'd like to at least know that you guys are interested in it. So, you know, if you're, if you're interested in the poker set, let me know. I will, I will mail it to you. Uh, snail mail. <laughs> Cause it's heavy. So let me know. Uh, let me know if you're interested in it. And, um, and yeah, I'll try to come up with something fun to, uh, to do it. Like, I mean, it should be something summers be related, right. To give them a little bit of attention for, uh, for giving us something to, to have. So yeah, I don't know. In the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing guys. When you drink a summers be take a picture with it, you know, I'll, uh, I'll use that as a ballot or something, but anyways, I'll, I'll announce the draw, um, you know, in the next few weeks or whatever, like I said, I'll have to figure out what I'd like you to do and then what, uh, who the winner is. So yeah, that's coming up. Um, this week, like I said, tonight, I'm going to do something fun with the lady that I hope is, is loads of fun. And then I, you know, get to talk to you guys about next week. I'm not going to be watching any more Jersey shore. I just can't do it. You know, I don't even know if I, I didn't know what that show was. I, like I said, I just, just watched it now because it was on like Crave TV. I just saw it. I was like, ah, let's see what this is all about. I saw South Park make fun of, of Snooki turned into a goddamn goblin rat thing running around. But it was like every part of that Snooki that they had on her is, is from the show. Like everything from like what she's wearing and everything has its, its purpose. So it's quite accurate. <laughs> Anyways, no more Jersey shorts, too distracting. I need to get these taxes done. These damn 2016 taxes. You know, I feel pretty funny. I feel productive because I did my 2014, 2015 and now working on my 2016 all this year. Some people are like, oh, the taxes are late for the 2016. Yeah. I didn't have my taxes done for like the last four years. <laughs> so, you know, I, I finished 2013 and then 14 and 15 and now 16 all this year. So yeah, good for me. And I, and I'm not good at math, not awful, but uh, it scares me to be, to be going through receipts and everything like that and trying to remember what the hell they were. And they're so fucking faded. Holy shit. Keep your receipts somewhere safe. So that thermal paper just wipes off clear. And that's your proof that you spent the money. God damn it. Anyways, I'm going to move on. Uh, oh, what am I doing? I'm moving right past. So yeah, this week I'm going to be working on taxes. But Saturday, I got that McGowan show, uh, McGowan Lake show. So if you guys want to know more about that, um, I don't have all the details just yet. I'd love to give you more. But on Saturday, if you're in the uh, the Ottawa, you know, maybe Kingston area, somewhere in between there, just uh, reach out to me if you're interested. Or, or, you know, I hope to, to plug something more on one of my Josh Williams comedy social media things. Um, as always, I hope you guys are following me on that stuff. I got a few new followers uh, this week who I'm, I know are already podcast listeners. So thank you for that. Um, and Sunday, I am going to Terrytown, New York. My good friend, Paul Verzi, is uh, filming his very first special with the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, Bill Burr and Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live are going to be opening for him. 
um, doing some fun stuff, fucking around. So uh, really excited for that. Uh, Kamara's coming with me. So we're going to we're going to leave on Sunday morning, drive down to our Airbnb. Uh, Paul has put some tickets aside for us for that night, which is spectacular. And I've spoken with him a couple times now. This is really exciting for me, guys. Um, but I can't promise anything. I can. Ooh, emergency vehicles outside. Um, yeah, I can't I can't promise anything, but I did talk to Paul uh, and I've confirmed with him again today that he is going to do everything in his power to sit down and record an episode of the one man podcast with me on Monday. So he's going to film his huge special. Like he's doing two shows recording, of course, for his special and the all things comedy network. And, uh, obviously he's gonna be busy that night. I mean, he's got friends from all over the country flying in to, to see him. It's in New York, super busy area anyways. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna hang out afterwards, but I'm gonna leave him alone. He's got a lot of things going on most of the day, Monday. And we're, we're hanging around to see, he said that there should be an opportunity to record the podcast on Monday. So very excited to, to be sitting down with Paul Verzi and, uh, and recording it. I know that some of you who listen to my show also listen to his. So that's very, very exciting. I hope to be able to, uh, to bring you guys a really fun interview. If I can't, I can't, but trust me, if there's any possibility at all that it can happen, I will do uh, everything in my power to make sure it does. So yeah, that's it guys. I'm looking forward to that. I hope to have an extra episode for you next week. I'm going to be sitting down maybe sometime this week with two great comics who are in Ottawa. So it looks like you might have some more, uh, some more interview episodes coming up in the near future. Um, not uh, so sure about these ones, just in terms of when and, and who there's a few guys in town I'd like to talk to, but you know, as I know more about that, I will certainly share but for the time being, the big one that I'm looking for. Oh, I can scratch my chest real close to the mic. Do you hear that? Oh, feels good. Anyways, um, yeah, I can't I can't say more about that until I have it. But yeah, so so Paul's is the the one I'm really trying to get uh, get done this week. But either way, I'm just super excited to be able to go support my buddy on his big night filming his special. Um, and that's it for what's going on next week. I have got the uh, the emails. So as always, guys, if you want to email anything, contact at onemanpodcast.com. I love receiving your emails. My buddy uh, Chris wrote in this week. Did he ever write in? So I, uh, you know, I had talked about uh, playing some board games a while back and his email, we'll, we'll talk about that. I do want to say that Chris uh, he messaged me via text a couple times this week saying, hey, uh, you know, those riddles, do you, you know, is, is this that or is this that? And I'm like, no, but he's like, did you cheat? I said, no, I, I called, uh, I called Jimmy and asked him, you know, ask the guys on the job site what the answers were. But Chris, maybe like five minutes before I started recording the podcast, sent me a text message and he was like the letter N, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're right. And, he, and I said, did you cheat? He goes, nope. But he had heard the other one on uh, Instagram, the ton one, you know, uh, forward. I'm very heavy backwards. I'm not. What am I ton? That one, he said he heard on, uh, or he saw on Pinterest or whatever. I don't even know how that works. Someone just Pinterest's a riddle. So anyways, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris has sent an email this week, but I just want to throw a quick little congratulations to him. He's the only person who, who, you know, a couple times a week, he was like, you know what it is? It, you know, what was the riddle again? Can you tell me? So good for him. He got it. He said, I didn't cheat. I didn't sleep, but I didn't cheat. So good for you, buddy. So Chris writes in this week. Hey, Josh, once upon a time, you told us that you were playing a board game with your in-laws. What's yours like? I believe now I don't want to come off as a snob, but man, there are way better games to play. I'm going to talk a little about three different games that I like. And then I put in parentheses, here's which I'll be reading one of each week. So Chris has got, sent me an email of three games. He sent me pictures 
uh, of, you know, what the boards out looked like, the covers of the games, like all that stuff, um, which I have added to all three social media things. So if you guys want to see a picture of this game I'm about to describe, um, check it out there. There's, you know, it sounds fun. Actually reading his email got me kind of excited to maybe try out some of these games. Not a big board gamer, but fuck it. I like fun, right? And anything that, you know, getting to an age now where I like to sort of sit down and shoot the shit with people, but at the same time kind of do something fun. So, uh, so, so fuck it. You know, and I appreciate that, that you've emailed in with this, right? Maybe get, maybe somebody out there who's a, who's a gamer fan would be excited and want to play it. So, um, yeah, one of them would be great to play with the in-laws. These games are an art form. If you ask me to come up with a great game to me, the same as writing a great book or painting a masterpiece is sorry, the same as writing a great book or painting the masterpiece. Uh, because of this, I'm going to give the designers the credit they deserve. Let's get on with it. So the first one I'm going to read this week, then, then, then I'll read the next, next week. And the one after that. So the one I chose to start with is the game called pandemic. Okay. So Chris writes in this cooperative game by designer, Matt Leacock, you are part of a team of specialists enlisted to contain and eventually cure four diseases that plague the globe. Each player controls a specific, uh, character that has unique job as medic, scientist, quarantine specialist, etc. The game is played on a map of the world. The many cities depicted are joined together with a web-like system of interconnecting lines. These lines are the paths on which you may travel to get from city to city. Your team starts in Atlanta. Why? Fans of The Walking Dead and trivia in general, question mark? Because Atlanta is the home of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. So there you go. That's kind of interesting. I didn't know that because I watched The Walking Dead and they go to the CDC in the first season. So yeah. Anyways, uh, the game begins already peppered with diseases represented by tiny cubes in four different colors, blue for North America and Europe, yellow for South America and Africa, black for the Middle East and red for Asia and Australia. Once you, uh, sorry, once your turn, sorry, on your turn, my apologies on your turn, you will have four actions that you will spend moving about the board, treating diseases and trading cards with others all in an attempt to cure the four diseases. At the end of your turn, you will draw two player cards, which are necessary to cure the diseases. If this deck runs out before you finish your goal, you lose. After that, you draw infection cards anywhere from two to four and place a single cube on the city named. If you need to place a colored disease cube on there, uh, oh, sorry. If you need to place a colored disease cube and there are none, you lose lots of ways to lose. Uh, if the cube you would play, sorry, if the cube you place would be the fourth of one color on a single city, that city outbreaks and infects all adjoining cities with a cube of the same color, eight outbreaks and you lose. <laughs> so it sounds like stakes are raised in this game. Lots of, uh, lots of ways to lose lots of intensity. There is also the dreaded epidemic card, which will pop up many times during the game, depending on the difficulty you choose three to four for easy six for hard. When an epidemic appears, among other things, you will take the infection deck's discard pile. Sorry, I'm probably making that sound stupid. Um, you will take the infection deck's discard pile. Remember that every card in this discard pile has a city named on it that will already contain one or more disease cubes. Uh, shuffle it up and place it back on top of the draw pile. This means that all those cities that are already infected are about to get worse. The only complaint I ever hear about pandemic is that some people may try and quarterback the game, meaning they start telling others how to play their turns. It's good to remember that although your opinion and suggestions are necessary for a successful game, the decision in the end is up to the current player. So yeah, there you go. That's pandemic guys. So it sounds like a fun game. You're trying to manage, you know, epidemics and, and outbreak cities and stuff like that. So I don't know. 
my I, I believe my brother has talked about that game because he's a, a board gamer or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, if any of you guys play board games, you know, tell me what that you love. I do know that it's a huge culture. I can say right now that I, I am fully aware that Trey Parker from uh, South Park, he's a huge board gamer. And he was talking about it. And it's funny, too, because he was mentioning um, he was talking uh, to Chris Hardwick on an episode of The Nerdist just pointing out other podcasts. Uh, he was talking to him about how some people play board games differently. And I don't mean strategically. He means just like he can play a board game and to him, he gets right into whatever the theme of the the game is supposed to be. So it's like, Oh, I'm, he's like, for me, I'm, I'm crawling around in a dungeon and I'm fighting dragons and stuff like that. And he said that like for his wife, it's just, it's just like a resource management. She's like, okay, I've got this many cubes and I've got this many cards. And like, she's not really into the whole story of it. She's just really good at managing the resources. Like for her, that's all it is. It's a resource management thing. So it's uh it's kind of cool to, to hear that people can play the same game and sort of get a different level of enjoyment or whatever out of it. So like I said, I mean, I really didn't, didn't play, uh, I haven't played board games in a long time. Like I'll play cards against humanity and stuff like that, but Hey, maybe that's, that's me naming one. What's cards against humanity. I don't know. Chris, write it in and I'll read it. <laughs> I can't sit and write instructions. I, my old, my eyes roll back in my head when I'm trying to read the instructions for board games and stuff like that. Just because I, I nine times out of 10, I'll have to keep going back to the instructions. Jason and I, uh, Jason Lawrence, the owner of absolute comedy. Jay and I went out like a year ago for drinks and they had board games at this bar. So we grabbed like sorry, but it was like sorry, fire and ice version. And like the ice and the fire had so many different rules in them. We, we probably every turn would have to grab the instructions and read it again to figure out how it was supposed to work. So I've never been good at, uh, you know, comprehending instructions, let alone creating them and sharing them with someone else. But, um, do, do appreciate your email pal. And, uh, you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for sending in the pictures. And next, like I said, I got two more games that Chris has suggested. Uh, one of the other ones does look a lot, a lot more uh, easy and probably something I'd be more likely to play because the more complex it is, the more I feel like I'd have to be paying super close attention, uh, or I'd fuck something up, especially if everyone's waiting on me to cure every disease in the world. Uh, fuck that. Maybe I can just roll the dice and, uh, you know, stack some, stack some poker chips or, uh, checkers. Anyways, guys, that was uh, episode 13. I hope that you enjoyed it this week. Um, as always, I'm very excited to talk to you. Check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all one man podcast guys love to have you on there trying to find more specific content for each individual one to make it more fun for you guys to, to go to them individually, of course. But in the, in the meantime too, contact the one man podcast. If you guys want to send anything in, love talking to you. Love the fact that you listen. I am uh, very grateful for it and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks team. Thanks team.